0: you're listening to the welcome to the rebellion podcast hey jay are you ready because it's time to start the show
1: Um, because of all the help that he gives youtubers influencers um, but before that i gotta pay pay the bills you know like pay the bills um real quick i want to thank nine line apparel if you didn't know the welcome to rebellion gear is back up on nine line just for 15 more days if you go to the website go to limited editions and use my discount code drunk 3po i think it'll save you like uh 20 on all things also head on over to geeksandgamers.com for all the latest news and everything that's going on over there as well and without further ado uh don't want to take too much of time one of the busiest people i have ever encountered online Uh i could literally just name something and he probably probably does it um would everybody welcome all uh, right i see he's taking a quick sip before i click him on roberto roberto blake how are you good sir
0: doing good jay how about you man
1: ah the new year is wonderful man i'm in florida the weather is beautiful i see you, you you're kind of bundled up um yeah no
0: i'm here in uh the- hotlanta is not so hot today
1: <laughs> it's it's uh it's beautiful here like we we had the when everyone has a cold front you know we get 70 degree weather where i'm at in orlando oh so. lucky lucky duck so it's, so it's absolutely uh oh it's beautiful it's beautiful yeah no here. i have a
0: lot of good friends and um homies out uh in florida actually probably somebody you'd know um them 101
1: oh yeah tampa That's yeah, yeah 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 yeah, no, yeah, yeah no, my
0: friends uh, Geek Them 101 and Miss Click, they're out there in Florida. This is just where you need to be, my friend. This is where you just need yeah, to be. I might buy property out there and everything. I mean, when I do the influencer real estate thing, uh, Florida's on my list. No taxes.
1: We got to add that to the list. Well, if you don't know, Roberto Blake is a, I, I wrote down just some of the things, just some of the oh, things really? this man does. All right. Okay. We got speaker, podcaster, has a music channel. He's an artist has a youtuber he's got several channels the guy's an influencer he he can do it all everyone but the main thing that i really love about this man is that he really wants you to succeed on social media and the, the stuff that you do in helping others succeed on you whether it's youtube or social media as a whole or to make extra money online yeah uh yeah. what i appreciate more is that you are so open than other creators that i have seen that kind of I guess push that type of content. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are very open on how much you make, what worked, what didn't work for me, things like that. You, you I know, show all some, the
0: analytics and data. I'm one of the only people who shows like the actual, not like just my second or third channels, but like the YouTube dashboard for my main channel that's like over 500K. Almost no YouTuber over 100K shares their analytics.
1: Not, not only that, yeah, uh, uh, how much you are making. Uh, how much you make and and how you can help others do the same thing. So if you are yeah. an influencer, if you're just starting out on YouTube, this is the right podcast for you today. And if you want to find Roberto Blake, there is a link in the description, and I'm sure some of my mods will put your channel in there as well. So how did you – I'm just going to turn this over to you. How did you get started in such a business and why? Like why why do you want to help people succeed on YouTube or well, it didn't
0: start with like it didn't start with youtube and it's not limited to youtube this is really about the creator economy it's about the fact that it's like for people to understand the creator economy is probably the biggest um economic disruptive shift in our lifetime because now if you're a creative person if you're a writer an artist a musician the industries where you would have gatekeeping that would determine whether you even had a shot to be heard or seen that gatekeeping is over because of the um the platforms for distribution that opened up to us at $0 cost in the early days of web 2.0. So if you think about it, music has been disrupted by that with the creator economy. You had things like, okay, well you're an artist. You can get put on with SoundCloud, but now if you're an artist and musician, think about it, the greatest, uh, most well-known, but maybe not the greatest, but the most well-known and popular musicians of the current era are stars that are coming over from TikTok and you have to recognize that you have to remember that four years ago no one knew who olivia rodrigo was and now she is like on an mtv music award stage getting an award from someone she grew up worshiping Jennifer lopez that's crazy right that's something that could have never happened to a previous generation our parents never would have had that opportunity for their music and she yeah you could argue she's an outlier she's an outlier she's an outlier but you have people like uh my friend frost fm who makes a full-time living. He's a smaller YouTuber with 20,000 subscribers, but he used it to grow his Spotify. And he's making thousands of dollars a month. He's making a full-time income off Spotify. It gave him extra money to where he was able to make enough money in crypto. And I'm not gonna tell you what he bought or or any crypto stuff or whatever, but it's like, but he made enough money in crypto to become a homeowner off of his uh, crypto earnings after paying the capital gains tax. Um, And it's just because he had extra money to go in on something, because of the opportunity that his YouTube channel and his music on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, all of that gave him. I know people who would have never been given a shot, who got to become full-time writers and and self-published authors because of Amazon and Kindle Direct Publishing, and it cost them $0 up front. So what we can do coming from nothing is just so amazing to me. So I'm like, why wouldn't I scream from the rooftops that people who like, you know, come come from nothing, actually have a shot, especially if you're creative. You were picked on in school for writing, drawing, or for your music. Everybody told you, you were gonna be a starving artist. Why wouldn't I tell people how to do that?
1: Yeah, exactly. I, I scream that sometimes too. It's like if if you want to start a t-shirt store, you can do it for free. Yep. If you want to start a podcast? You could do it for free. If you're an yep. artist, there's so many tools out there. I think one of the biggest reasons is people don't know that those tools exist. Um, when I first started. Yeah. Uh, YouTube, you know, you just, I just started recording, but then you get to that place where you're like, all right, how do I take it to the next level? And that is what introduced me to you, my friend. Like you did a video about TubeBuddy and I, I, I've shared this before and I think I watched it three times before I actually went, okay, let me give it a shot. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And now it's like, yeah, I can't tell people enough, um, get on TubeBuddy to help your YouTube experience. Uh, for yeah, it's like a great that.
0: productivity tool. I mean, if people are like, how do you get so much? How do you get so-? I use the best productivity tools I can find. <laughs> I mean, like one, of the, like one of the reasons I switched over to like all Apple stuff, right? Because I, I, P- I can build PCs. I have a like gaming slash streaming PC. But for all my work stuff, I moved over to like Apple, right? And people are like, well, why? are You are so much of a PC person. Why are you like? I was like, well, I've always been both. And I'm like, I moved to Apple just because I need to streamline my productivity for work so it's like for me, it's all about productivity tools, man like tubebuddy is my productivity tool when it comes to managing multiple YouTube channels, but I also have productivity tools for um personal finance for scheduling I have stuff to help me um with like uh obviously on the back end with um packages and shipping there's stuff with my obviously I use different online platforms and stuff for like merchandise you know what I'm saying like you there's stuff for my um For example, I mean, I automate my investment and savings accounts, for example, like I don't sit there and I have to make decisions every minute. I put a system in place to do the work for me.
1: So, but you're, but you're in this type of, uh, I guess you'd say business. Yeah. How much time do you spend learning? Because it changes so rapidly, like a month from now, someone can invent an app that could change your whole dynamic on what you're trying to accomplish. So is that, is that, do you spend a lot of time just research? Like is, is like well, half your day research or is it? Well, here's you know- the thing.
0: All right. So on, on, there, there's ways like, I mean, in full disclosure, like I'm an ADHD kid, like when I was a kid, they wanted to, like, my parents fought for me. They didn't put me on Ritalin or nothing. The school wanted to do that. So like my brain chemistry is a little different on my ability to multitask. Multitasking isn't for everybody. Some people are, and should be single taskers focused on like one thing at a time. Right. What I will tell you is because of like the whole overstimulation thing is that I can work throughout my day and I can still listen to a podcast. or I can listen to an audiobook all day and absorb it and like actually retain it while I'm doing other things or work. Like when I'm doing my morning workout routine, I'm listening to a book, or I'm listening to a podcast. So I'm not losing any of that like time i'm not competing between working on my body and working on my mind if i'm working on my body i'm working on my mind at the same time so i'm double dipping not everybody is built that way some people what they need to do is they need to detox and they need to listen to like music which is why like for example i built the music channel is instrumental music um that can help people relax help them focus and everything's been massively helpful to me for like anxiety and stress as well mm. but on the other hand you could be learning so you could use that time when, hey, I don't need like if I don't need to pay attention and listen to something to do my work, then I can listen to a podcast or I can listen to an audiobook.
1: So it's just but that 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 is your lifestyle, though, right? It's like constantly learning, being most effective with my time, um because time is time is so precious to you, especially with everything that that you're doing. Well, my dad was
0: a Marine, and my mom was a nurse, so. Oh.
1: <laughs> kind of helped. It's hmm. kind of built in there. It's, just, yeah, uh, yeah. it's it, what is a typical day for like, what is, what is a typical day for you? Uh, what, yeah, like,
0: uh, well, we can, we can pull my calendar. Uh, I mean, I have, I have what I call, like, I I have what I call freedom through structure. Um, I try to wake up around, like, maybe, like, seven o'clock which is not super early everyone else has these like 5 a.m productivity r- routines i'm like i say it's oh, like okay yeah 5 a.m is g- great for gurus um i'm a sane person so i i wake up at 7 a.m just like i did for school so i'm like and that's this the weird thing is like dude a lot of the stuff that i do you'd be surprised how many like good foundational habits when you're young um bleed over and and some of this stuff like you could call it common sense but common sense isn't common practice not anymore, right. anyway, in this era. But um, for me, it's freedom through structure. So, like, um, I don't know if you want to bring this up or show this on screen, but it's, like, I have, like, a... It's up um, to you. Do you mind? I don't mind. Like, I, right. I, I, I tweet this out sometimes or whatever. So, it's, like, the only thing I'll do is just because, like, uh, maybe there are people on my schedule. I'll just move it to, like um, like, February, because I doubt that there's, like, anything in, like, February. But it's, like, okay... Monday, Wednesday, and Friday right now are what I call maker days, and Tuesday and Thursday are what I call manager days. And this says that I have Saturday and Sunday off, but what the truth is, is those days are free days. Those just are days where I have absolute freedom. I don't have to rest all day on Saturday and Sunday. I can do whatever I want, including this interview. If I want to work, if I want to do an extra thing, I can. It's optional. But my obligations are sorted and prioritized Monday through Friday and to give you kind of like an example. Um, So like I have a morning routine. So if I'm getting up, I have 90 minutes of morning routine. That's self-care, homie. That's like, okay, first thing that's a prior – if it's not on the schedule, it's maybe it's not a priority. First thing on the schedule is take care of yourself. And then I have an hour gap, same thing in the morning. I don't start on work until 9.30 unless I want or need to for a reason. So I have the first – 90 minutes of the day for just all self-care and anything that's like just personal stuff. And then I have a whole hour after that in the morning for anything I need to do in the morning. And then right after that, I go into marketing tasks. What are marketing tasks? Marketing tasks are things um, like anything that I need to have out in terms of email. It's scheduling any social media post and automation that might be sensitive for that day. Um, it's largely setting up the day and doing communications tasks and setting up things, um, and that's really important. Then I have what's called a creator session. This could be me recording videos. This could be me recording B-roll. This could be me working on thumbnails. This could be me doing, like, I technically could be video editing, but normally I try to fit that block at one thirty to 3 o'clock. Here's the good news. If I needed to just rotate these and I'm like, I need to edit this morning for whatever reason instead, because maybe I can't record, maybe there's lawn care going on outside or something like that. Cool. I'll just edit during that time and I'll flip recording to one to three. Cool. So I can do that Lunch is on the schedule because it's like, Hey, if it's not on schedule, that means it's not a priority. So I gotta, like, I gotta do that. Um, typically I have, um, when I schedule my YouTube videos for my main channel, um, I usually try to schedule them around 6 PM. We're thinking of shifting, getting them out if I can at 4 p.m. Uh, we're testing some upload times, but um, I'm like not super stringent on when a video has to be uploaded as long as it's before like 10 p.m. I, I'm usually fine because it's evergreen content. Um, these other blocks are open because maybe like coaching calls or things happen in this time. Uh, I'm trying to get consistent on doing my own podcast at 6 p.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time, Monday through Friday. Uh, sometimes, you know, I'll end up just doing a night owl edition, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. but I'm trying to get it to where that's consistent, uh, dinner, you know, uh, do that pretty much right after if it, but the podcast goes longer then I'll just like do that for as long. Cause the next time after that is a free period of, Hey, you can do like anything you really just want to do before you have to start winding down and getting like into that mode to start to get ready to, you to know, fall asleep so then evening routine stuff again self-care so um,
1: That's, uh, impressive. Go to,
0: yeah go to sleep and then like you know tuesdays are mostly the same the only real difference is on tuesdays i do admin work more than i do creative work on tuesdays and thursdays and on tuesdays and thursdays i also have the office hours for my um coaching business so for members of my group coaching so like um, I have Tuesday and Thursday office hours for my students, which is basically a private live stream in our Facebook group. And that's from 4 to 5 p.m. So that's like a um, a deal breaker for me. Nothing can be scheduled during that same time. Um, this stuff where it says like, oh, Facebook live show. This is just um, I work with StreamYard and they have um, a Facebook live show that happens during that time. So I just need to be aware of that on my calendar. It's nothing I have to do. It's just for me to be aware of it or to tweet it out or whatever. So. Freedom through structure, homie. Freedom through structure. That is,
1: uh, that's impressive. You know what? I have uh those little Google, uh, those little Google nests, or I don't know if that's what they're called. Those little Google pods that you could ask it questions. So oh, the Google
0: s- Assistant thing. Yeah, the Google, yeah, I yeah. have
1: those in uh, all throughout my house. So every time it's like one o'clock, it's like, hey, it's time for lunch. Stop what you're doing. It's like three o'clock. It's like, Hey, get up from what you're doing and take a walk. It's like, I have those things set, um, to try to, re- yeah, also remind myself. I always thought like having a checklist of your day, it's interesting. I never thought about putting a morning routine. It's just kind of like, I try to wake up at the same time and do my, do my stuff. But I, I
0: do, you don't
1: schedule it. It's not, it's a not morning. a priority.
0: It's not a priority. Yeah. It's about like accountability and boundaries dude because it's like uh no you can't interrupt this time is allocated you can't interrupt me oh this time is allocated you can't be like no like that's what it is and then with like my coaching stuff there's open blocks of time to where it's like that's where a coaching call goes you know what i'm saying so like uh that's the boundaries man it's like it's knowing that hey and also even setting tasks like saying hey i'm editing for 90 minutes i ain't sitting here editing for no three hours all day i'm gonna sit here and i'm gonna edit for 90 minutes and, as much as I get done is as much as I get done in ninety minutes. it holds me accountable being fast, being precise, and not screwing around and just making like ruthless decisions about uh the editing. If you give it unlimited time, you're not respecting it
1: the uh I think the issue for a lot of people is they they it's amazing how much time you waste on social media when you're trying to grow your social media um do you mm-hmm. have those little breaks for your Twitter, for your Instagram? Dude, I'm like- Toilet
0: Squad. If I'm on Twitter, I'm on the toilet. Like,
1: okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we well, just tweeted at Mark Ammo. so now I know you tweeted at Mark Ammo while you were on the toilet. So there, probably. We
0: go. Like-, <laughs> like, I don't know, probably. Um, it's like, but at the same time, like, um, there is for posting stuff. I'll give you a, a a hot tip. I only do things that require a human being. Guess what doesn't require a human being? Posting to social media doesn't always require a human being, but responding to people on social media does. Which means if I'm posting something for mass consumption, that's broadcast. So here's the latest video. That can be automated. Go watch this. That can be automated. Running a poll can be automated. But the responding to people, Mm. adding people, that's requiring a human being. Okay? So I don't do something that... Can be given to a machine. I only do something that requires a human. That's another way of protecting my time, right? And being mad productive. That's why I use tools like um, TubeBuddy. There's things that it's like, here's the thing we talked about research. One of the things that TubeBuddy does for me is I can automate some of my um, research because I can set it to track other channels I want to collect data on, mm. whether that's for uh, helping my coaching clients or whether that's for my own channels. I can use it for that. I use TubeBuddy for that. I use vidIQ for that. I run several systems that automate doing my research for me because it's consolidating information down to specifics, right? So that I'm only looking at specifics. I don't have to deal in, like, abstracts or, like, I can look at what's put in front of me. It's like, run the reports. Give me the reports. I'm going to read the reports. See what I'm saying? So there's that. There are other human things that I don't specifically need to do. So one of the smartest things I ever did was I hired my sister to be a personal assistant because she, one, um, you know, I'm one of the people who can work around as an employer. I can work around her her chronic illness, right? So I can do that. The other thing is uh, I pay better than a lot of people. And number two, um, I can trust her with sensitive information. And she has a she has an administrative uh, background. She has a customer service background before she got sick. So it's like so for me, it's like, oh, I get a, ta- a high level of talent from somebody that I also can trust. And I will have the ability to have a level of transparency that maybe other people won't have the luxury of. So those things are really important to me. So I have my sister. um, She works for me as a personal assistant. I have um, this wonderful, like, superwoman, uh, Andy Rivera, who works for me um, and with me over at AwesomeCreatorAcademy.com and for the group membership and the coaching business having somebody there that one can be on the live calls with me someone who will care about the members as much as me someone who makes sure that hey we need to follow up with so and so hey um let's pay attention to this and someone to help me craft an actual teaching curriculum because like i run it like i, I you i reverse engineered here's everything that didn't work when i was in college and in high school for me here's where they let me down um i'm like okay so here's how we're going to do it better for creators right So we actually have like lesson plans, office hours. We have a thought-out curriculum. We have a way that we train. And so having her be a a second pair of eyes, a second brain, and a second heart uh, beating in that ecosystem is immeasurable how valuable that is. There's this lone wolf thing that people try. I did it for six years. I did the lone wolf thing for six years. You can do it. You can get the six figures on it. It's not sustainable, and it's not going to get you to seven. So
1: Wow, did y'all hear that? It could get you to six figures. It's not going to get you to seven.
0: I, it's very I, hard I, to go. It's, it'd be very hard to go to a seven-figure-a-year business by yourself. You could probably yeah. make seven figures outright by yourself over a period of time. People don't believe that. But now there's new – these new things that are, that are out here can scale people, and there's so many new opportunities, and they actually just haven't done the math on it. Because here's the other thing that I learned, um, Jay. Back – like one of the reasons I'm obsessed with this productivity stuff is because when I was working a 5 job, they were wasting my time. I could do most of my work in three, four hours, get what they need done. Guess what my reward was? Picking up other people's slack who were lazy. Mm. Not a higher pay bump, not going home at least even one hour early as a reward. There was no incentive for me to be as productive as I can. Working for yourself and doing things you like and working with people you like. You have every incentive to work hard, work smart and work fast and you're not punished for it. You're only rewarded for being productive when you work for yourself and when you work in a scalable business and when you're not working dollars for hours and you're working um, outcome for dollars. That's a different game. And that's where the obsession with productivity comes because it frees up time to live your life and you're still only doing things you like. Like when I edit video, I like it. When I'm doing these coaching calls with creators, I like these creators. I like spending time talking to YouTubers, podcasters. Tick- I like these people. <laughs> so that's like that's a really different experience than working a nine to five job with people you don't even like.
1: Oh, uh, tell me. <laughs> I was a school teacher, you know, and it's uh, uh it it's uh, crazy. <laughs> it's it's still yeah. it's still around the same. It's like they the hours that you put in for basically having people go, you're such a nice guy, you know, and it's just, like, okay. But um, what, explain to me these coaching calls. Like, what is that, what is that a part of your world? Like, like what, for someone that's, that, that's never heard of you, you, you do these coaching okay. calls for people. How does that, how does that work?
0: Okay, so first thing I tell people, though, is um, if you're like a small YouTuber, just watch my free content, like get monetized, start earning money, don't go out and buy from like, and I'm not trying to throw anybody under the bus or nothing. It's like if you want, if you got the money and you want to buy something, go buy whatever you want. Go buy a course, go buy training, whatever you want to do. It's your money. I'm not going to sit here and tell you how to spend your money. You know, I'm not going to throw people and their businesses under the bus or whatever. Right. And I have nothing against courses at all like some of my friends are really anti-course and i'm like i'm like i know some people need what they need and want it the way they want it and that's fine like i'm like let the
1: market decide that
0: like yeah it's like oh you see that in the star wars fandom all the time i'm like the market will decide let people consume what they want and let an option exist let an option exist for people to like live as they choose and spend their money the way they want right uh something doesn't need to not exist just because you don't like it um it's like the market's will decide what's viable or not. And if people want to make a niche thing for their community, like, God bless them. Let them, you know, let them, you know. Um, That's what fandom is, really. Like, that's the heart of it. So I think of it in the same way, right? So for me, like, I tell people, it's like, look, if you don't have any money, here's the good news. I didn't have any money when I got started. You know what I started with? I started out with this Bobo freaking camera, uh, Sony HD Webby from back in the day. This is an artifact of the internet. Like this is like, I mean, this is when 1080p was new, homie. Like 1080p was new. Okay, so this is like old school. It's right? not getting any up. better than 1080p, everyone. It'll yeah.
1: never this get is, better than 1080p. This is
0: like this is like when broke boy's excited about like 1080p. It's like I, I've made it. Like you know. So like this is um, like this this is back in the day, right? Back in my day. <laughs> so. Uh, 15 miles in the snow yeah like, yes yeah, so all the things. all the state.
1: look at this television
0: 1080p. 1080p was called being extra you kids <laughs> don't know how hard we had it
1: exactly
0: it's 1080p. a fancy 4k radio so yeah we but like, anyway 4K. what the heck
1: what is that <laughs> yeah, well, right we're at 8k now um, um
0: yeah you can buy can 8K. like
1: you need function 8k right you know? like, yeah yeah not even so work.
0: So, like, so, okay, so what does this coaching call stuff look like? Okay, so, like, you can watch my YouTube videos for free to get started, not just with YouTube, but, like, with a lot of the different parts of the creator economy. Um, I've done a lot of videos around uh, freelancing, for example. Freelancing is part of how I got my start, Um, you know, uh, doing client services work. I was a freelance writer. I actually made really good money as a freelance writer uh, in the early days. And uh, graphic design. Editing for other people, video editing for other people is how a lot of people make their money when before YouTube you know starts making them any money. Like I didn't even originally make like hardly any money for like the first three four years off YouTube, dude. And for like when I was a small YouTuber, I got scammed by an MCN, a multi channel network. Remember those? Like how predatory those were? Jeez! Like they were taking fifty percent of my revenue for like two years. Like fifty percent, dude. They're like, what little bit of money I made off YouTube? I didn't see any of that. So, like, I didn't, like, so I, I'm old school. I'm, like, from back in the day where this stuff was early. So when it comes to, so part of why I started teaching YouTubers um specifically, like, because I was already always, like, hey, here's how you do video editing. Here's how you do freelancing. Here's how you use Photoshop. I was, like, I started as a tutorials channel. And I was giving people the same skills that I got. I went to community college. I was giving the same skills and more to people that I got in community college for free. Cause by the way, back when my, back in my day, 2002, <laughs> back then my professors didn't even know the software. I knew the software better than them. And we didn't have video tutorials on software. You were learning software out of a book and on a CD ROM. And it was like, it was not good. It was not good. There was no YouTube back then. YouTube wasn't built into 2005. So like I started with tutorials to teach people the same skills that would let you become a creator. But primarily, you'd make your money because, again, the platforms hadn't really become super monetizable yet. You'd make your money by doing this for other people for money, using skills as your foundation.
1: Mm.
0: You'd use these platforms to market yourself and get your name out there and maybe attract clients. And so um, when I got into um, teaching people a little bit more about social media and YouTube specifically, right, which is only still one third of the content that I make, by the way, like people think I'm just a YouTube coach. It's like, no, it's one third of my content. Um, I think it was motivated largely by the fact that I got scammed out of 50% of my money when I was a naive young YouTuber with like 12 K subscribers. And there was a lot, I still didn't know about that world and the ecosystem and YouTube from a business perspective, as someone who's, my mainly focused at that point on freelancing and on social media management clients at that point and doing some consulting on that. Like that's where my focus was. So I wasn't worried about them taking my YouTube revenue at the time, but as I learned about, it, and after all the promises that were made and not kept and them helping themselves to 50%, I was like, I can just teach YouTubers how to do everything that was promised on their own and give up none of their equity in their channel, give up none of their money. And you don't need these third parties and you don't need these MCNs and you don't need these, you don't need anybody else. I can just teach you exactly how to do these same things. And so I made content that did that. Just like, I was like, I can teach you these same skills that you can go make a living off of if you can't even afford community college. Like, so it's, it's always just been sharing what I know and saying, well, what would have been helpful to me if I were any worse off than I was when I started? Cause like, you know, I started off pretty bad off, you know, pretty broke, pretty, you know, whatever. You have a video under-
1: on your channel from zero to three hundred thousand dollars a year. Yeah, um, that's. Uh, I think that's your pinned video on your main channel.
0: I think it's uh, um, that one is back from. I think that's an older video, and that was to one hundred k a year. But yeah, I think. Um, uh
1: all right. I'm gonna have to pull it up because I. Swear I do have a sad. more
0: recent one that's like about you know from broke to uh 300k oh that's but,
1: yeah that's i think yeah. that's the one uh that you have pinned but i yeah. mean again this is what i this is what i appreciate about you more is you just don't say here's the information go do it you're like this is what i made this is what i did this is how i did it well I'm how else do you teach people you.
0: Well, how else do you teach people
1: um i just i mean that's the best way to teach people but there are a lot of other exactly uh why why teach people that, they just kind of say here's how you get to four thousand watch hours do why not you know and well why not
0: teach people why not teach people like one the precise method that you used but caveat it with here are the circumstances under which you did it and here's where you started here's what your situation was because that may not apply to them but also interject that there might be other methods they could use if their circumstances are different which is the way yeah. i i like to approach it, is like this is what works for me, but also here are the other types of people this did work for. And here are situations where this may or may not work for you, but you need to have some self-awareness and realize because, but also here's the good news. Like I started with nothing. So I'm a really good baseline for what works. Like, I, I mean, you exactly. could, you can go down a checkbox of the ways that uh, people are underprivileged. And I will probably qualify for nine out of 12. Like, like, so as far disagree. as where I start as far as where I started
1: I have I've watched a lot I know a lot of there's a lot of youtubers in the chat now that I see um, they're about you know a thousand I know some of them about a thousand subscribers they just hit that monetization mark um, with their watch hours and stuff and it's just you know it, it's just a constant how do how how do I get bigger how do I get further how do I get this and this is one of the reasons why so many asked to have you on Um, For that for that reason, and I would suggest the link has been in the chat, everyone, and it'll be on Spotify and everywhere else that you hear this. Um, Go to his go to his channel. he has got a podcast on another channel. All that stuff will be there for you. Like you said, he has free content for for everyone, especially people that are just getting started, because YouTube is constantly changing. Things are changing. And the thing that I, I really appreciate about Roberto is that he updates his when something changes, there's a video out and he's yep. there to say, okay, something's going on. Let me show you, this is how to do it and things like Here's that. Here's what you so, need
0: to know. Here's a policy change you need yeah. to know about. Here's how it impacts you. Hey, calm down. Here's the difference between like, what's, you know, what like, don't get like, cause what, what, I, what I don't love is there are a lot of people who will cover sometimes YouTube news or updates and stuff, but then they'll fear monger or they'll rile up cause it's easy to get views. It's easier to get, make people angry. Even if I start with what feels like a negative um, headline and thumbnail, I keep it moving. I keep it positive. And I keep it ruthlessly focused on. Here's what we're gonna do about this. Here's where, because like we're not gonna waste emotional energy that we can use on um, making our own situation better. We're not gonna squander that energy. We're going to like. I mean, I, even think about it from the perspective of like a, a, a like a really ruthless Sith Lord. It's like a ruthless Sith Lord would be like, "Do Star not Wars. squander a- one ounce of that anger." You save it for the enemy. You save I didn't it for know battle. You a
1: Star Wars person, man. That's what that's you save just it just for
0: like- battle. <laughs> you take <laughs> all of that pent up. Hey, you, you use your aggressive feelings. You, 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 um, you save all of that up and you take it into battle. You know, so we don't waste energy in my community. We like we sit there and we go like, okay, here's what they did. We're not gonna get them to reverse this change. We're not gonna get them to reverse this policy. We are not going to waste one minute signing petitions that we could use making content. Like, we're not gonna do that. We're, going to, we're not gonna waste one minute going into Reddit, screaming or yelling or crying <laughs> that we could spend answering and responding to every comment from people that support us. We're not gonna do it. We're going to ruthlessly put our energy into what is in our best interest and in the best interest of our viewers. That's how we're gonna
1: roll. But now you, this is what you do for a living. When did you get to that point? Because obviously um, with the kind of passion that you put out in wanting to help creators, something that you definitely enjoy seeing people win. You definitely enjoy people seeing, uh, you know, succeeding and saying, this is the guy, I was stuck, thank you. And now I'm like, you know, I'm soaring. Uh, I could do this for a living now. I'm making enough money. Things are going well. Um, And I, you generally get happy, you know, to see people people win. But when did you finally know? Like, was there was there a video? Was like the money starting to come in? You're like, you know what? This is this is where I'm gonna, you know, put a lot of time and energy myself because there seems to be a market for this, and people really enjoy what I have to say, and it's working. So obviously people are paying attention and we're seeing that work. When when did you was pay there attention? A moment, was to... there like a lightning bolt? Was there a.
0: Um, um, maybe around like maybe around. Maybe around 10,000, maybe like, but thousand subscribers, but, but that wasn't But I was making no money. I didn't make any money to a hundred like off of the ads. I didn't make any money off of the ads until like a hundred thousand subscribers. Cause remember I was in a multi-contract deal. I got into a multi-contract deal at um, like 12 or 14K subscribers. Can you
1: explain that, real quick? I didn't mean to cut you off. I know there's some people in the chat probably have no idea what you're talking about. So multi-channel
0: networks in the early days of YouTube, in the early day, I'm talking like way back when, right? So in the early days of YouTube, once monetization started, when monetization started, and people don't understand this, YouTube piloted the partner program in late 2008 and it was invite only and there weren't a lot of advertisers putting money into digital spaces aside from the google adwords banner ad product and this is i know this because i was a graphic and web designer for a living and when i went to school in 2002 i kept telling our teachers they were wasting our time teaching us newspaper print ads and that if they wanted to do that, they could do that, but they should focus on teaching us web banner, digital advertising and IAB standards because that was the future. Digital advertising was the future. I was saying this in 2002 and told I was an arrogant prick who didn't know what I was talking. (laughs) And um, yeah, I I said in 2002, I said every company in America will need a website within 10 years. They told me I was a jackass. Like, uh, like who's laughing now? make yeah, money right. more money than all my teachers for saying that. So, <laughs> I, I'm, yes, I'm petty. Um so this is Atlanta uh,
1: people he's from Atlanta. Uh, well, the, like
0: I'm petty. Like I was born in Brooklyn, so I'm extra petty. Um There you go. New York in petty. the
1: house. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Flatbush represent. Um anyway, so the the um so the thing about it is with YouTube, YouTube monetization Then, uh, like there, there were workarounds. They they were opening it up a little bit more in 2010. A lot of people don't realize PewDiePie couldn't get monetized with. You think it's hard now? PewDiePie couldn't get monetized with 30,000 subscribers because gamers weren't like YouTube gaming wasn't being monetized back then. Part of it was because of copyright and fair use issues. Because a lot of people don't realize that YouTube spent seven years, since 2007 to 2014, in court with Viacom in a $1.6, $1.7 billion lawsuit Jeez. over copyright and fair use, over copyright and fair use. As much as people yell and scream, and you see it now with YouTube and Twitch and TikTok, people yelling and scream, co- copyright, they have no idea what they're talking about. I see big people spouting nonsense, uh, like big people with platforms, people with millions of followers spouting nonsense. They know nothing about copyright and fair use, and they don't remember or they weren't there back in the day, back in the day, uh, for all this stuff. <laughs> There was a 7-year lawsuit that set the foundation for fair use, fair dealing, safe harbor with regard to copyright and DMCA and it was and it's the reason why there are no YouTube competitors today. And I'm sorry, I have to give you a history lesson of the industry for anything else I say to make sense.
1: Okay. Here. So like Where's yours.
0: So like the 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 stuff that was happening there for 7 years, the reason there's no YouTube competitors is because in 2007 through 2014 Basically, no one wanted – they wanted to see how this lawsuit stuff was going to shake out and what was going to happen with fair use and user-generated content and things of that nature in DMCA because we're talking about a $1.7 billion lawsuit and seven years of legal fees where you know the loser pays the um, winner's fees and their own, and that's like a big deal. It ultimately was settled. There was a settlement rather than a resolution, so to speak. And that's where the modern copyright ID, content ID and YouTube copyright system with um, strikes and so on and so forth, and claims all came from uh, that seven years of litigation, but it's also what stalled innovation and adoption and starved all the VC funding to make YouTube competitors. And in the meantime, other competitors that existed, they didn't have Google's backing and Google's money or Google's lawyers. So they went out of business. And so that's why there was no real competition for YouTube for a very long time. And that's why everyone else is starting out 10 years behind them, if they don't have an established brand and name or the backing of one of the big 10 tech companies. So fast forward, YouTube opens up knowing that it's about to settle with Viacom in about 2012, like they've come to most of the resolutions and everything else is gonna proceed over the next two years. You might remember this in 2012, they opened the YouTube partner program to everybody.
1: Yeah, there was no 1,000. There was no, yeah, it was just monetization day zero. You could put an ad on your video. Yeah.
0: Day zero, you can get monetized. And as long as you meet the $100 payout threshold on the ad, you can get paid. Now, part of what happened here is because it was so difficult to get into the partner program prior to that, you had a period of time where a lot of these multi channel networks who were owned by traditional media companies and could also, to some extent, they had the relationships because of the traditional media thing to help you fight copyright claims and fair use and those things. So they rose to prominence off the back of this problem that their industry created because these multi-channel networks were basically would become a media conglomerate. They'd be like, Hey, you know, um, like Viacom owns Nickelodeon and MTV and VH1 and all these other properties. Right. Well, multi-channel network is basically similar. It would come in and it would say, Hey, we're like you know this one or that one um a, a good example of one that had like a massive um scandal and stuff like defy media right defy media was the big one that was exposed um by people like Matt Pat and uh people like my friend Chad Wildclay and people like that right uh for screwing over creators um the like so you had and then there were ones that got acquired by names you would know, like maker studios got acquired by disney you know um Discovery Nine, I believe, got acquired by, um, or no, it was, or it was something else. Something else got covered by Discovery Media. Philip DeFranco was with them for a while, right? Um, and so for a while, his channel was owned by Discovery, and there were things he could or couldn't do in his contract. So I got roped into um, a multi channel network deal when I was a naive small YouTuber. The problem is, I was in a two-year contract, and I blew up in those two years and got to almost 100,000 subscribers while still under that contract, which means I was in a contract I signed as a small YouTuber where, hey, you're making about $300 a month. We'll let you keep that $300. We'll do all these things for you, but we will take 50% of everything that you make after the 300, so you'll be happy making what you're already making, and you're only giving us a share of what's extra, wow. but we're gonna help you, we're gonna help you. And as for my blow up and my growth, it had nothing to do with them, they did nothing. They did nothing of significance. They wow. kept basically none of the promises they made and stuff like that, And the re- and the way they would rope you in, by the way, is they would have all these big YouTubers that they had under their umbrella, and that would lure you in and say, well, if the big YouTubers are doing it, I guess as a small YouTuber, I right. should be doing that. Who am I? I'm a nobody. I should be doing what these people are doing. And that's the allure. That's the scam, so to speak, the quote-unquote scam allegedly. <laughs> so wow. for legal reasons. Um, so funny. the, um, so that, and the thing with multi-channel, multi-channel networks could be theoretically described as a quote-unquote pyramid scheme, scheme. again, uh, allegedly. For legal reasons.
1: Uh, Allegedly, everyone. Allegedly. <laughs>
0: uh, right. So you could look at YouTube MCN's multi-channel networks as having pyramid scheme-like elements to them. And in many cases, they do not keep their word beyond the vagaries of the contract, so to speak. And you could end up giving them money and not really truly having any worthwhile services rendered. Wow. And that's crazy, right? When I, yeah, and so,
1: crazy.
0: and so you have to remember that means that when I was a small YouTuber, like I said, I was not making much more than $300 a month or so off of my YouTube ad revenue. And even if I could or would, I was giving up 50% of that further potential. So that means if I made, if I did make $1,000, which for me would have been rent money in North Carolina, mm. well, I wasn't making $1,000. I was making I would be making 650 because I'd be because 700 out of of, past the three would be split down to 350. And then that's what I would have. So the money I was making was wait for it, because on Tuesdays I was doing like, well, here are the tech. Here's the tech I'm using to do all of my things, whether it's graphic design, video editing. Audio stuff. So like what microphone am I using? What camera am I using? What laptop am I using for a budget? Here's the best laptop you can afford under a thousand dollars. Here's the one that I had that, you know, I used it for this amount of time before it went out. I got this one. I upgraded it's blah, blah, blah. So whatever. Right. So I was doing that. And guess what? As an Amazon affiliate within about, I want to say six months as an Amazon affiliate. I was making about $1000 a month. As it, now again, the Amazon affiliate program was more generous back back in my day. You made a little bit more on Amazon. It's like so back in my day, the Amazon affiliate program was really good, dude. Like really really good because you could get paid on performance, which means the percentage Amazon would give you was volume based in terms oh, wow. of your percentage. Yeah. Totally different animal than today.
1: Yeah. The
0: amount of percentage you could make in commissions was based on your overall volume of sales, they'd move you to another tier. Now wow. it's not so much, now it's much more flat than that. And it's a, there, it's a percentage or sometimes there are bounty caps or there are flat bounties. And some of that can be good, some of that can be good. But yeah, I could. so the thing is I was doing enough volume to where I was getting into the higher bracket. So I was making more because uh, of volume, you see. But the rise of influencers is why uh, Amazon nixed that.
1: Yeah, yeah. So absolutely. I was, yeah. They changed some of the requirements to Oh, um, absolutely. You know, they, they want to they, make sure they, you they, have a website, that you have this, mm-hmm. that you have this. Well, it's
0: better track. now with the influencer program. It's much better now. Mm. And it's actually not hard to qualify anymore, like if you watch my content anyway. <laughs>
1: um. Well, the big question is.
0: So yeah, I started making how- like, after like six months of that, I started making like a grand a month. And then as far as the other stuff, everything else was incremental because I've been doing this for a long time. I've been doing this like- so like for almost a decade now, it's almost a decade now. So like the, um, and I was freelancing full time. So I was making money to live because I was freelancing, you know? And so that means I also oh, had time shit. freedom in my schedule. Like, yeah. you know, I had time freedom because again, I left a nine to five job, dude. I left a nine to five yeah. job because I'm like, I'm like, okay, I'm working nine to five job after taxes, healthcare and insurance. I'm making like what? $2,200 every month. I was living in North Carolina. It's, it's pretty cheap to live. Yes. I was taking care of, you know, my siblings, I was taking care of my family, um, you know, with that. But the but the thing is, okay, I only need so much money, I have skills that are valuable to people who have money and yeah. businesses. Because what I figured out was this, I was working at a uh, web hosting company, right. And it occurred to me that's like, I'm servicing no less than hundreds of customers a month, 1000s of customers a year. And almost all of them have small businesses. Online entrepreneurship is real. These people are paying how much in server and hosting fees and how much for their websites and how much for all their other ancillary services. These people had to pay money for all kinds of stuff. And I'm servicing thousands of these people a year. If I go my own way and I just work with online business owners, how many clients do I really need to make the same paycheck? Because it's like it doesn't take 40 hours a week to do some of this stuff that people are willing to pay for. And the company is making top dollar on this. I'm getting peanuts. It's like, I can go my own
1: way. See, that's the thing though. It's getting people to observe the situation that they're in and understand that their passion or their project or whatever it is, um, can lead them somewhere. It's like what, what you just said, you're like, I'm here, I'm noticing this. I can do this. I can do this now i can just go off on my own um it's still a leap of faith though
0: it isn't isn't because it's like it's like like you said it's data driven it's observation Mm -hmm. right it's like it's how much of a leap of faith is it when you like i'm good enough for this job to pay me i was good enough for my other employers in the industry to pay me so i have the skills and like i even got a job at a um, at an ad agency without a resume i got a job when I was in between jobs freelancing and got hired to be a graphic designer at an ad agency that I didn't even apply to. And I moved to New York and I lived and i worked for an ad agency doing billboards for cable broadcast television because I had a website and I did SEO for my freaking website and I had good quality work. So it's like, so and that's your if, resume. Exactly. So yeah. I'm like, and the thing is I had also I was also still always hustling nights and weekends getting photography clients to make extra money because I'm broke. Like so okay, like you so I knew like
1: that's the main thing. It's like hmm? <laughs> Do you ever do you sleep? Sleep?
0: I, sleep. I sleep I sleep better than people, especially now. I sleep better than yeah. people who have a nine to five job now. Like and the thing is, a, what awesome. what you do is you cut out your other vices. I was broke, so I ended up having to pawn my Xbox, so it didn't matter. So I'm like, well, okay, cool. I don't have vices anymore. Like, I mean, mm. my biggest thing was, dude. Like, I stopped going out and partying with my friends. I stopped no offense to anybody. I stopped chasing towny girls like and realized this like I ain't got no business out here trying to get into bad or toxic relationships with like people that are ready to settle in. No offense to anybody. People ready to settle down in this small town. That's not my ambition. That's not my dream. So it ain't no point in anymore. There ain't no point anymore. This stuff ain't been working out. You know, I you know, we always end up breaking up and stuff anyway, whatever. So it's like, what's the point? i was like, I was focused. I was like, so I eliminated my vices. Eliminate my vices. Uh, I, I like I I cut. I cut out basically drinking altogether uh, because like I'm like, okay, um, you get depressed. You make that a habit. It may not become you may not have a problem with alcohol, but you might realize you have a habit. A Habit becomes a problem. A problem becomes an addiction. So that's like, okay, well, guess what? Don't form the habit or reverse the habit. So that was an answer. So mm. I eliminated my vices. And that became my answer to it. And then in terms of, well, what do you do to feel good about yourself? It's like work out and read books. It's like working out feels great. Having a a healthy body feels great. So what did I do? My answer was I will either work on my art and creativity skills, which I'm going to monetize. So it's like learning that is fun. Learning Photoshop is fun. Learning photography is fun. Learning about YouTube and social media is fun. So I – it was like I enjoy these things. I will monetize things I enjoy so I can stop monetizing being around people I dislike. Cuz by the way, I liked my job. I hated my coworkers to some extent. And I hated being disrespected by my supervisors and mm. I respected my boss. But at the same time there was a lot of things I was uncomfortable with and I and he wasn't always he wasn't always being a good dude and he wasn't always being good to people. He could he could be but it wasn't like you know what i'm saying there were some things that i was uncomfortable with and unhappy with and there was ways i didn't like being treated so i was like i could put myself in a position where i can only where i can always say no and just work with people i like and people who respect me and people where i can set boundaries and tr- get treated the way i want to be treated i can set up myself to get paid the way i want to get paid by just listing my prices and i could just start living life on my own terms but what was I willing to pay a price to do? What was I going to give up for that? To For for human beings to obtain something of equal value must be lost. This is the first law of equivalent exchange. Full male exactly. alchemist, baby. Full male alchemist, alchemist, baby. So it's like I sacrificed my distractions on the altar of my success. That's the phrase that I like to use when I'm giving like a motivational Ooh, speech.
1: That's good stuff. Yeah.
0: Uh, when I want to give a motivational right, speech,
1: They're just like, Jay, how do you find the time to do? I was like, I stopped watching TV and I cut all the streaming services out of my life. That way I don't have a distraction to go sit down and watch. I was like, I realized that relaxing and watching television took up two hours of my day. Well, I wanted to do something else. So I I found two hours by taking out something that doesn't pay me, but that's actually taking my money. So I was like, let me get my money back and I'll invest it in myself so now i can do all these other things and now look i'm traveling the world and doing everything else and and uh, i get to talk to amazing people like yourself um Mm -hmm. who's living their dream and enjoying it i I love that man removing the vices that is uh vice. if if people don't know what a vice is if you think if i'm thinking the same thing it's like a clamp yeah Yeah. is that secure that that just grabs a hold of you that will not be let go unless you
0: Unscrew you know? it, yeah. Unless you take, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and so, like, so off, common vices know? that are people's downfalls. Common vices are people's downfalls. Um, any substance uh, issues, you know, drugs and alcohol usually, right? That's uh, that's a vice. Um, emotional or physical dependency. That could be, mm. um, you know, either bad relationships, toxic relationships, or never being enough by yourself. Like, oh, you aren't happy unless you're in a relationship, right? So those can be. That's dependency. That's like you're needing somebody else to validate you and make you feel worthwhile, right? So for me, I had to make myself enough. And part of that was just working on myself and getting better and saying like, look, I'm going to focus on my strengths. I'm going Mm -hmm. to um, make myself much less vulnerable to my weaknesses and make them less of a liability. And I'm gonna really pour more into myself. And so I would decide, here are things I would like to be more educated about. So I read about them. Here are things I wish I was good at. So I'll practice at them. Here is how strong I'd like to be and everything. Here's what I'd like to be able to do. So I'll keep up this this routine and do these things. Oh, I found this thing that makes me happy and brings me peace. I will make a priority to do it 30 minutes a day if it's something okay. that makes me happy, if it's something that makes me happy, but doesn't represent a vice, doesn't yeah. represent dependency, something that betters me, something that betters me. So I focused almost exclusively on what bettered my financial situation, my peace of mind, and my... um you know, physical and health needs. And then also, frankly, things that um, like reinvigorated my passion for life, made me want to live, made me happy, made me feel um, energized. So those were that's that's what made the difference. And you can even if you have a nine to five job, you can do more of that if you eliminate your vices, if you eliminate Netflix or this or that, or you allocate it only to a very minimal part of your life. Cause I understand some people need to blow off steam. It's like, but if you say, if you say, okay, I work Monday through Friday, I grind. I'm not telling you to grind your nights and your weekends in exactly the same way. I'm saying that maybe what you do is instead of Netflix, you start consuming podcast or education in your downtime. And that's how you relax. And you do, you consume specifically things that don't make you feel stressed or taxed. You find someone you like with maybe a calming voice or somebody gives you the right kind of energy or vibe. You Listen to that where you find some books that stimulate you. It doesn't even always have to be learning books. It could be fiction and it could just help your imagination. Or it could be uh, motivation or self-help books that just make, start to shift your mind away from scarcity and stress. And it gives you some better coping tools because maybe you can't afford therapy. It's
1: all out there.
0: It's all. So you just change your habits, right? You yeah. change your habits. Instead of I'm going to go home and I'm going to watch TV, it's I'm going to go home and I'm going to work out. And that and you're gonna get stronger, which means work nine to five is gonna be less taxing if you're stronger, mentally and physically stronger. That nine to five grinds on you less because you're a stronger material, you're stronger substance, you're made of stronger stuff. So you do that Monday through Friday. And then on the weekends, yeah, you can sleep eight hours, 10 hours if you if that's what you think you need. And yeah, you could still give eight hours to spending time with your family and being present. But guess what that leaves? Six to eight hours on Saturday and Sunday, or whatever your day is off to give to the dream. And here's the good, here's the best part, Jay. That 16 or 12 hours on the weekends is a really good way to play catch up because the 40 hours or 50 hours you spent at the workplace grinding, you probably didn't need to. You probably got it done in 20 or 25 hours, and they Mm -hmm. wasted the other 15 to 30 hours of your freaking time. So the good news is your weekends can help you catch up. And using your 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 nights to maybe work on the more personal development stuff, not grind on your dream. You grind on your dream on Saturday and Sunday. You spend Monday through Friday detoxing from work, and you don't detox with your vices. You detox by building your strength.
1: That's- you could charge for that.
0: <laughs> I know, I know, and that's how that's like, dude. Uh, to be honest with you, I know you usually do an hour. I got thirty more minutes for you,
1: man. Oh, that's perfect because this is a this is an awesome question right here. Um, it said I'd be interesting to hear how you market yourself if you're an independent, say, editor. Uh, how do you start getting your name out there and be taken seriously?
0: Oh, I love this question. I'm actually working on a video, um, for this on how to become a video editor and then how to get video editing clients. I actually have a a couple of videos planned for this year on that so here's here's why i would tell you first of all understand what people are already paying for right there's someone out there whether it's a local client in your community that's paying for video ed- there's probably a local client in your community some local business that's paying for video editing services for example okay or maybe in the ecosystem of content you consume there's a youtuber that has an editor Here's the good news. If someone's already paying someone else for something, that's your only competition. Not everybody else in the workforce, not everyone else in the marketplace, not everyone else bidding. See, people think that they're competing with everybody else. No, you're competing with the one person already getting paid for that job because here's what you do. All you have to do is look at who is getting paid for something and then tell you, and ask yourself, do I produce a superior quality of work than what people are already paying for? Somebody out there is paying somebody for less than what I can deliver. Mm. Someone is already getting paid to de- deliver an inferior product to what I can produce. And if that's not true, then your real game is I have to raise my standard and my abilities to be better than what's already getting money out there, what someone's already paying for, or willing to pay for. Then you go and you present yourself to, Hey, this is what I can do for you. This is my work and this is my price. And if if the answer is no, here's what you do. You should have already made a list of their five competitors and you go to them until you get a yes. And if you can't get a yes, one of two things is happening here. You have not appropriately measured your ability of work compared to that other, the person who's already uh, getting that work or two. You haven't um, made yourself somebody that these people want to start a relationship with because you haven't lowered the bar of risk. So then you might have to take a different tact which a lot of people don't like, which is you might have to do some work up front for free, zero risk, make them happy with you, build the relationship because the thing is they won't insist. People are so fearful that people will keep you free or keep you down, not people who are making money and are paying serious. Cheap clients, yes, don't go for cheap clients in that case if you're worried about Mm. that because it's cheap clients will do that. People who are serious, And people don't understand this if they don't have money, because I was in this mindset, too, when I didn't have money. People don't understand. Someone with money values trust and time, not money. Somebody with money knows how to make money. Money for them represents a tool, not a goal, not a safety blanket. It represents a tool to accommodate the things that they are weak to. It's a tool for them to fight their other weaknesses. And one of their vulnerabilities is they don't have your skill, And even if they did, they don't have the time to put on that because it won't make them as much money as just using you. You need to understand the mindset more of your clients. So if you want to market yourself, you have to understand that there's a market for people that value quality and time, not cost. And maybe you market to that. Because remember what we've said. You can have it good, you can have it fast, or you can have it cheap. Pick two, right? Well... The thing is, if you do it cheap and fast, you're going to be exhausted because there's going to be people overworking you and taking advantage of you there. If you're cheap and good, you're going to be broke because you're going to be over, even if you're not fat, and especially if you're not fast, because if you're cheap and good, but you take so much time, then your your dollars per hour, you're being undervalued and underpaid. So the best thing you could do is just be good and just be fast and then not be cheap.
1: So I got to I got to tell you,
0: raise your value and you market yourself having as much of your work in as many places as possible where the people who pay are. And by the way, you want to market yourself, you all the people who pay are in Facebook. They are in LinkedIn. They're in Mm -hmm. Twitter and they are in specific Discord servers. They're not as much on TikTok. They're not as much on TikTok. They are entrepreneurs and have entrepreneur or founder or this thing or that thing in their bio, in LinkedIn, and in uh, Twitter. They are in Facebook groups for businesses and for marketing. And so if you're a video editor, everyone in marketing knows they have to do video at this point. Go into marketing discords. Go into marketing Facebook groups. And here's the thing. 90% of the people there are entrepreneurs. Your market is the top 10% of people with actual money
1: there it is now the that was the one thing that i found so fascinating about uh the, the main video that's pinned on your page is that so many of us sell ourselves short you you did a description it was like hey i can do this for you uh five hundred dollars and you were like listen <laughs> you could probably you probably could have got fifteen hundred dollars you sold yourself short uh don't ever sell yourself short because people that want to pay for a product that money's not a You know it's like you like like exactly what you're saying now and i think that some of that advice is is a lot of times people they just doubt themselves yes so they sell themselves so short because they're like well if i if if i if i only charge them 50 dollars, you know for something that maybe you could get two thousand dollars for then maybe they'll like me and and it's an insecurity
0: it's an insecurity play never play status games never play status games part of respecting yourself and setting boundaries is Um, finding people. Well, you can do a couple of things. For one thing, you could raise your standards to say, what would I have to produce for me to have the confidence to charge somebody $1,000? This is something that this is what actually most people struggle with. Because here's the truth. Uh, Here's the truth, Jay. If I ask people, even people in the chat, I'm like, what is it? Like, If I had $1,000 in my budget for freelancers or contractors right this second, what is it you can deliver? What are the deliverables you're going to give me for that thousand dollars? What are you going to do for a thousand dollars to improve my brand and business? What are you going to do for me for a thousand dollars that I cannot do as good or as fast as you? Mm. And that's the cap, that's the price. What do you do? What do you do? Because here and the thing is the, the average human, especially in America in, in America, especially, but like the average human, you walk up to them and you say, What are you gonna do for me? Uh what's your, what your for a thousand dollars? The the answers are not great. The answers are not great. And their instinct is to um, basically, auction themselves off by an hourly rate to add up to how much hours of doing whatever you tell them that can accommodate whatever it is, and maybe shifting the scales on that depending on what it is. That's a really bad idea. That's a really bad idea. Whereas they should just have an outcome that they know they can pr- uh, can produce for you, and ask you if that outcome is worth a thousand dollars or what outcome, what's the outcome need to look like? How much further does that outcome need to go? And the thing to do is to then get yourself better at producing that outcome faster and at less cost and with less level of difficulty over a period of time, over and over and over again to where you can produce that outcome very quickly, very easily, and also knowing how to identify the people who need that outcome as much as possible. And that's what makes it possible to make thousands of dollars a month on your own terms and to do it without necessarily having to give up 40 hours a week per se to do it because yeah. you're refining your speed at producing that same result. That one specific that's the other thing with niching down and not trying to do everything is the more you concentrate on doing this thing, the faster you're going to get at, the better you're going to get, the more efficient you're going to get, and the more well known you can become at, this is like, I need to make a video specifically on all the reasons you need to niche down. Cause that's the other thing is niche down is focusing and saying concentrated effort. Do you realize like what, like Jay, who are you more afraid of somebody who has spent their time learning all seven lightsaber forms and has this mass versatility <laughs> or somebody who is the definitive master? Of either Form 3, 4, 5, or Form 7.
1: I mean, <laughs> probably more of a master, you know? Like, all seven yeah.
0: lightsaber forms ain't gonna help you against Windu and his Vapad. Yeah, all seven lightsaber true. forms ain't gonna save you from Obi-Wan being the master of Sarasu. You yeah. know, all seven lightsaber forms ain't gonna help you when Amniken comes in with Form 5 the gem so and just breaks I'm you just, down I'm, with I'm just gonna hang power. out in
1: indoor with the ewoks we're gonna have barbecue you know we're just gonna <laughs> but no you're absolutely right you're absolutely right you're absolutely right so but it, it's it's still a mindset though of like people need to overcome like certain fear fears and stuff about themselves if,
0: if you're really insecure if you're insecure if you're insecure here's the good news Deliver two thousand dollars of value, charge a thousand for it, and be and 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 you can learn to get over your guilt then, and you're still at least successful.
1: But I mean, <laughs> they could still do stuff like start open up something on Fiverr, yeah. You know, and work at their own, like they're like like we were saying earlier. It's like there's so many things out there before you maybe to get a little more confidence boost. I I, I just take T-shirts for instance. Yeah, it's like you go to TeePublic, Public, wherever you want. Basically, you yeah. design your shirt you put it up there. Okay. Your store set. It costs you nothing. Now you have a yep. store, and it's like, okay, let's see, you know, and then and then le- go on YouTube and learn how to market your store. How do you yeah. properly market it? Then, dude, go do you
0: up know the-, the margin on selling T-shirts, hats, and hoodies is the same or better than every copy of an ebook or print book that you sell? And it's easier to make a shirt that someone says, "Oh, well, that's dope," and I like that saying or I like that thing. Easier than it is to write a book. How many like? If it takes you a year to write a book, how many designs could you have done in a year um, to sell to the same group of people?
1: (laughs) They could do do one every weekend if they wanted to. I mean, yeah, it's like... uh,
0: And all you need is one popping meme for it to work, by the way.
1: Well, I'm just saying there's people out there that just wait for something to trend. Like, for instance, not getting into politics, but when Let's Go Brandon hit, I, I saw this. This dude just made a shirt oh, immediately. Facts. Well,
0: it's a and, meme. And it's he, a meme. You don't have to care. Like, look, I respect the hustle. I respect the hustle. Yeah. I don't care who you vote for. It's like he could have sold, um, like, Let's Go Brandon at the same time. He could have um, sold K-Hive shirts. like, exactly. you know, like ex- And double dip. Because here's the tr- thing. Yeah. Sell the red jersey and sell the blue jersey and then go home and count the money and laugh. <laughs> like, that's the answer,
1: right? Yeah. <laughs> Michael Jordan said it, too. He says... Democrats and Republicans need shoes to wear. So yeah. <laughs> he was yeah. like, Sell I, want them them both. Know, I want everyone Sell to buy them- my shoes.
0: Sell them both. <laughs> like yeah, so, exactly. like, that's that's the funny joke, right? That's the joke. It's like it's like, oh yeah, I'm gonna sell to your team and I'm gonna sell to your team. We're gonna sell the hot dogs. We're gonna sell the jerseys. And then the thing is, we family at the end of the day and everything like that. The cousins go home and count the money. It's like, oh uh, yeah, yeah
1: i on a beach with a coconut drink. You right. know, like, uh, but this guy, like, he grabbed it quick. It was a simple design. And he was. It's, I think he said he made like a hundred and eighty thousand dollars in like a month. I
0: respect the hustle, dude. So I respect it. I like, respect. Good, it. good for him. Just, yeah, they're good for waiting him.
1: For I hope so he yeah, invested like said, a meme or something to just pop, and it's like, hey, let's see if this um, works. Yeah. Just
0: sit there and like when a meme pops, go for it, go make the shirts. I'm telling you like for real, um, somebody brought up something. If you want to make 2000 worth of work, um, for a thousand, then keep your job. I disagree. Cause here's the thing I'm talking about the fact that someone's insecure and that someone's undervaluing themselves. And the thing is someone who has a day job, largely a lot of times, if you got your first job, You undersold yourself because you didn't know how to negotiate and you didn't understand anything anyway. So you're underpriced in your day job anyway. The thing is making a thousand dollars on your own terms, even if what you're selling is supposed to be valued at 2000, you have the opportunity to learn and to increase your price. You don't have the opportunity to double your rates at your nine to five job. You do not have the ability to negotiate for double your salary at your job. You do have the ability when you price yourself to increase and double your rates over time. And it's just a matter of getting the confidence to justify it and the reputation that justified
1: uh,
0: so like so that's so that's the thing and, and again i know that person might have just been joking but i did want to put that out there because i'm like um, look entrepreneurs creative pros youtubers i see youtubers again that like look yeah underselling yourself on a brand deal underselling yourself on a brand deal for a thousand dollars five hundred dollars when the brand would have paid you fifteen hundred it sucks but here's the good news you can have that relationship and you're gonna make content for a long time. You can always get that 1,500, that 1,000, you can always negotiate a better deal later because now you know better and you have the confidence and you learned. And here's the good news. You still got paid $500 for something you liked doing on top of the ad revenue.
1: Just stack it up, man.
0: <laughs> Just stack it. Cause like, that's the other thing, dude. It's like, so what I did, I mean, again, it's like, oh, Gee, I can make ad revenue on YouTube. Oh, I can make affiliate money from Amazon. Oh, I can make affiliate money from software like TubeBuddy. Oh, I can—it's uh, like I have like 15 plus revenue streams. People have a one revenue stream with a nine-to-five job that might fire them. A nine-to-five job where the government might regulate the hell out of them, or your company or your business might go under because of um, mandates. And you have, all this, you have all these things that you're not protected from, you're not insulated from with regard to what you do for a living that makes you massively, massively vulnerable to your life being disrupted, to your family being hurt by it. And mm. then at the same time, at the same time, the, the thing is everyone says that being an entrepreneur is risky. Everyone says that, everyone talks about the failure rates of entrepreneurship and everything like that. And the failure rates are real, but they're more a failure of discipline than a failure of how viable entrepreneurship is. Cause what everyone forgets, what everyone forgets is like not everybody Like everyone, there used to be no such thing as corporations for the most part. They were very rare. There was a small amount of them and not everybody worked for companies. We didn't have conglomerates. We didn't have that all pre-industrial revolution. And then everyone likes to say, oh, well, everyone was serfs and everyone was serfs and working the land for the lords and ladies. It's like, no, not really. And mostly, by the way, that's only Europe. That's not the rest of the world. That was like, that was mostly Europe. That's not the rest of the world's model. To the larger extent, everybody was... A tradesperson, and you went into the trade that your family was known for, and you essentially had family businesses. Everyone was a family business. You were the blacksmith. You were the tanner. You were the tailor. You were the crafter and the crofter. You were an apothecary. You you had a trade that was usually your education was handed down from your family rather than from um, a government instituted um, university of some kind, right? And so you had that. Or your family saved up and worked money for you to go into a guild and learn a profession. And so then you were part of the uh, the guild, uh, right? Usually an artisan's guild for the most part. And aside from that, you would, um, in theory, a lot of times uh, people who couldn't do that or they wanted to change their fortunes, they would go and they would become um, – they would either join the army or they would become a mercenary sometimes – and uh, the the phrase freelancer comes from the word hirelance, which comes from um, mercenary, which means you didn't owe fealty to um, a specific noble faction. You went to the highest bidder, and it was whoever could afford you. And so there was so was that uh, aspect of it. So the thing is, we were all self employed for the majority mm-hmm. of human history. That's mm-hmm. not, and the, the industrial revolution reversed that and said, here, give up autonomy and the riskiness of that for a little bit more security. And the thing is, it was more secure for a period of time, but not for the back, not for the 20th century for the most part, not for the most of the second half of the 20th century that started to decline, or at least in the last quarter of it, it was really bad in the last quarter of it. The 21st century, from my perspective, Jay, is a return to um, a, a ethos of us being able to be self-employed people with crafts and trades again, But for the new world, the new world's version of that is what we're doing in the creator economy with being self-employed and independent. And technology is eating everything. And so technology eating everything is doing two things simultaneously. It's automating away jobs and automating a lot of the stability away at the lower skill ranges. But it's increasing the value of specialization.
1: Yes. Absolutely. Now, for the last, thank you, for the last 15 minutes, I'm going to brag on my guest here just a little bit. So uh, first of all, Bert, thank you for the $2 super chat. Yeah, podcast, a great way to learn on Sunday. Absolutely. Someone was like 15 avenues of revenue. I want to share something real quick uh, to show you that this was my introduction uh, to Roberto Blake. Uh, for TubeBuddy it says this website made him $265,000. Now you don't even have to push TubeBuddy much mm-hmm. anymore. And you're still making a monthly revenue. Yeah, yeah I like, um, about
0: 000. roughly five grand. And I know like um, I got something because I know, like you can keep talking Jay, I'm gonna bring up a screen that I can share while you've sure. got that going on. Because um, I know so there he, are people who are skeptical.
1: So I've been throwing uh, the TubeBuddy, my TubeBuddy link in the chat. So if you're a YouTuber, I suggest. <laughs> that you click on that there's a free version of that as well but this this was a great this this was a this was my website that i was uh the youtube page i was like okay and then i and then if you go to roberto's page this is his main page right here you can see so we're also throwing that link in the chat as well so head on over um almost at uh 550 50k that's impressive but everything Mm -hmm. is here youtube mistakes 4,000 watch times i mean so much free goodness on this site, especially for YouTubers. And then you could dig into stuff too that still holds up today, learning passive income, $100 a day freelancing. It's all there. It's like it is yeah. right there.
0: I'm just sharing and, everything I actually learned.
1: You must yeah. pass on what you have learned. Exactly. Yeah, and then doing. also, he yeah, has a podcast. If you go to the main channel, if you subscribe to the main channel, you could scroll down. And see all the other things that's going on. Yeah. The podcast Dude, The podcast, is the podcast Creator made a thousand
0: dollars this month.
1: Just the,
0: the podcast, podcast isn't even channel? at two thousand. Yes, I had two thousand subscribers, and it made a thousand dollars this month.
1: Look at that! So there's so much knowledge right here for everyone that wherever you're listening on, you know, for the podcast or watching here on YouTube, and so all those links are in the every description. So take advantage of that take advantage of that and it, it's that's what sold me it was like okay how did this one website make this man 200,000 so and and that was that introduced me to this whole yep. community here and then also if you even want more now if you want to dig deeper if you want more there's right over here there's YouTube starter kits that is provided there's classes there's coachings there's all kinds of stuff that this man. Jay, right let's here,
0: just show them. The, let's just show them the data.
1: <laughs> all right, this man right show- here wants you to succeed, and so here we go. Kay. Let me know when you're ready.
0: ready. Yeah, you can share it now. Um, here we go. So, like, this is uh, the two Buddy dashboard here, and this is like cumulative, like lifetime earnings up here and stuff like that. And so, um, the thing about this is, and I, I talked with um, people that I um, that I definitely love a lot that um, are. Like in the anti scam community, I've talked with like Coffee Zilla and Spencer Cornelia about this. The the thing we all agree on is that like fake gurus are not transparent about where their money comes from. Whereas I actually like break it down by dollars and percentages a lot of the time. You said that and, on the
1: show. That's why I appreciate you more right. than most.
0: And so this is like because but it's because like my friend Pat Flynn, like I don't do it just because I have some like sense of nobility. It's like this is how I learn. This is how my brain functions. Is I need data. I need data. Um, That's how YouTube teaches you, is you go into your analytics and you look at the data, right? And so what I did was I broke down math, and that's where I put together my my strategies for revenue streams is I did math. Um, and I broke it down to a very basic calculation. And so one of the things is um, you can see why I earned this money is because it's software as a service. Um, yeah. The richest um, African-American man in America, uh, Robert uh, Smith, left Goldman and Sachs in the financial industry to build an acquisitions company. And he did this in the late 90s. And that's why he's um, the, I believe he's the richest black billionaire in America, right? You can look him up. Mm. His acquisition company really dealt in acquisitions of one style of company, software as a service, because he realized that everyone pays their software bills before they pay anything else, even their taxes, because it's what? It's operational dependency for their business. So that's why acquiring software as a service companies was so meaningful to him and made him a billionaire and why he left Goldman and Sachs. He left a good steady job on his way to partner one of the only black men in the industry and said, I'm going to go my own way. And that's like a really sm- like when you can see a pattern, it's pattern recognition. That's the same thing with success on YouTube, by the way, it's pattern recognition yeah. It's data. Right. Um, And so Mr. Beast will tell you the same thing. It's pattern recognition and it's going where the data tells you. Now, with the with the thing with TubeBuddy and what people don't understand is TubeBuddy is a productivity tool for YouTubers. It's not just about SEO. It's not about getting you more. View, it's a productivity tool. More than anything, it's a productivity tool, right? And people use the free version. People use the paid version. The way software as a service works is a lot of you, you work for companies right now. And the way affiliate marketing works, this is not a pyramid scheme. This is not MLN. This is commissions. This is commissions. I'm going to explain this to you. Imagine you're at a nine to five job right now and imagine your employer said, Hey, we're going to give you 30% of every dollar you make for the company. One, don't you think that that would be a more fair way to do things like that'd be great, but here's the problem. You're not going to get that because you're taking a salary. If you went to purely commissions, you'd have to take a risk and your family may not be able to afford that, which is why most people don't do commission based sales. Yes. Um, and so that's why this is not MLM. This is not multi-level marketing. I hate that stuff this is just commission sales one-to-one and so just imagine that if you worked in retail just imagine that you got three dollars for every ten dollars you sell in retail you would hustle a lot more and the other thing is now let's go a different way software as a service is a bill that's paid every month imagine a company you work for says hey we're going to give you lifetime commissions on the lifetime of every customer account you open, as long as someone is happy with the company, as long as someone has a relationship with us and you brought us that relationship, you will earn from that relationship. That is a really good way to do business and a good way to treat people who are making you money is to say, we're in this together, you're going to earn value that you create and it's not one time, you're gonna earn lifetime value for everything that you create, but here's the catch. If they're not happy and they leave, you don't keep making money. Can't be more fair than that. No. So with TubeBuddy, the relationship I built is I've brought them lifetime installs, lifetime customers, thousands of that. It generates money. And the thing is, I'm a super affiliate, so my commission is 50%. It's 50-50. Every relationship I build for TubeBuddy, I get 50% of that same relationship. And the thing is, I make $0 if people are unhappy. The value of a product is if people are willing to keep paying for it because no one keeps paying for something they're unsatisfied with. So in my mind, it's one of the most earnest money making opportunities there is if you're in a lifetime commissions affiliate marketing program on a software as a service because no one stays on a software they don't like and that they're not getting value from. No one keeps paying a monthly bill for that if they're not getting value. So it's the most straightforward thing. And then a company saying, hey, for every dollar you make us, you benefit forever. Yeah. For every dollar we get from your efforts, you benefit forever. That's the right relationship, I think. In a in, in, That's the right relationship. And I think most people who work a nine-to-five job wish they had that relationship. The problem is they're not in a position to risk giving up a salary. Right. The good news is, if you start doing online stuff, you can do that while you have a nine to five job, if you give up your free time, if you give your up
1: vices, man, your vices,
0: right? I love. So it. that's why that's why I like this, and that's why um, some
1: of my money, my money's in there, by the way, because I joined oh, right somebody because of your video.
0: <laughs> no, nice. And the thing is, if you're a YouTuber, by the way, and the reason that you want to do this, you should use Jay's link. The reason you want to do this kind of thing if you're a YouTuber is if you're a YouTuber and especially if you aren't full time and you work a nine to five job, your biggest problem is the bottleneck on how much time all of this stuff takes. Right. And so anything that can speed up your time and your process is therefore yeah. valuable. And so another thing I'm going to show you, Jay, I'm going to prop this up on my screen here is I'm switching over to.
1: You want me to take my, it down?
0: My, uh, oh, no, okay. I'm put this is on purpose. Uh, so sure. this is like my podcast channel. Podcast channel just got monetized for Christmas. Have a Merry Christmas, Roberto, right? Um yeah, so podcast channel just got monetized for Christmas. Podcast channel is already earning revenue. You can see it there. And then you can see also um the CPM for the ad revenue is uh twenty two dollars. Yeah, most entertainment YouTube channels the CPM is two to five dollars, and then you get yeah. half of that. The I reason it says RPM 500? is there the RPM. The RPM is measuring including the super chats, but the actual CPM based on ads is a uh, $22 CPM, which means uh, it's $10 for every thousand views, which is why when you scroll down, it tells you for the breakdown of my transaction revenue versus my estimated ad revenue versus my, let me just blow that up so people can actually see it, um, versus like the YouTube premium revenue. By the way, YouTube premium revenue is based on watch time. You don't have an exact figure on how they determine that. Yeah. But the thing is my podcast audience the ones that have YouTube premium well it's a podcast it's long form which means out of the market share of anything they watch that day they probably watched more of my podcast than any other one YouTube channel so it's another hack that's why podcast channels are so dope so um so again you could you could see why this is like practical and you can understand better how like my YouTube system like kind of works is one I'm partnering with um brands for brand deals strategically affiliate partners strategically. And then the way I make my content is highly lucrative from an advertiser standpoint for very high CPMs, which means even if I don't get a ton of views, I can make a ton of money. Then I yeah. also have a loyal audience that I built over a long period of time, which you're like happy to do things like super chats. So when you, when you look at all these things and this is the no BS part of everything is look, there's so much opportunity to build your own stuff, products, services, like through starting with freelancing, then turning those services into products or hiring people to work under you to help you. There's so many ways to do this, and you have to remember, you don't need all the time in the world because your nine to five job is wasting 50% of your hours on inefficient processes. By becoming a master of productivity, by mastering your time and your energy, by mastering productivity, but then also having good self-care and discipline routines, you build a better body, you build a better mind, you build better habits, you build better systems. All these things mean that you are someone who again can get t- more out of ten or twenty hours than other people get out of their forty. You asked at the beginning of the program, "How do I do it all? How do I get?" It's that I'm getting more out of ten or twenty hours than other people get out of forty. That is the difference. But it didn't mm-hmm. happen overnight. It was years of building specific things, years of getting the the mental uh, discipline, mental health aspect of things, and the self care part. Years of habits, years of productivity, years of specialized skills and training. A decade of discipline is worth it to build a lifetime of success.
1: Everybody, catch that? <laughs> That's powerful stuff, man. And this is the free stuff. That's and all. And this is the free
0: stuff. This is the free <laughs> stuff. The coaching stuff is like the coaching stuff. The reason I do so much for coaching and I charge very much for coaching, it's probably gonna increase over time more is the coaching stuff is specific to an individual. It's me, it's like, having a, it's like having a tutor. It's like having a tutor. You understand the value of, like, here's the thing. You have your general ed, right? That's what's publicly available. Free education, great. But okay, it doesn't necessarily always apply to everybody and it doesn't always work for everybody because it's very templated and it's for the mass market. Then you have systems that are built for specific people. Those might be programs or courses that are for specific people, right? based on their needs and they pay for that then if you need real straight up i just need somebody to hold my hand i need somebody to work with my issues like down to me as a human being not my archetype because remember public this is for everybody this is general ed programs are now for specific types of people and then one-on-one is for the individual down to a very like very micro level so it's a, it's a macro going infinitely smaller, smaller down to macro. And that's why it starts at free. Then, okay, you pay this and then, okay, you pay that. And that's why these things exist. And the thing is you just have to know where you are at in life and do what's appropriate to you. I give a lot for free, dude. I even give some stuff that I think is specialized away for free. It underperforms in views, but it's really helpful to the people who It's a
1: lot, especially that that need, need it. it. I mean, yeah. it's, it's crazy. Thank you fat Steven Seagal for $2 discipline drive. Keep performing. Yeah. Keep perfecting your skills as always. So real quick, I just want to thank Roberto for his time. There will not be an extra segment. I just wanted everyone to, because it was just so good. Uh, we
0: can do it for the Patreon folks if you wanted, if we
1: wanted. Um, if you wanted.
0: Of course. <laughs> I'm, I'm <happy laughs> you can. To help it's, out your Patreon folks or whatever. This,
1: this is gold stuff. So this is, this is gold. That, And for those that are wondering, everyone's in the chat. They're like, you're going to leave this up. This will be free on Spotify and everything else. But as always, usually when these live recordings are over, it gets turned over to um, members only. So there you go. No worry. You guys will figure it out. So if you're a member of the channel, uh, you'll be able to watch it as much as possible. But it's free on everywhere you listen to podcasts. And so I don't want to take too much of his time. But for all the extra content, check out my Patreon or become a member of the channel. And uh, we're going to end this part here. Just stay on for just a minute, sir. I'm going to hit the outro and we'll go from there. Thank you guys for being here. This has been absolutely amazing.
0: Thanks for listening. We hope you were inspired today. To hear more of the conversation, check out our Patreon or become a member of the channel. And don't forget to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. We really appreciate
1: it. We'll catch you in the next episode and welcome to the rebellion.